0: Now, most of us, as Christians, we've been let in on the secret of why we're here this morning. And I kind of gave it away earlier, and maybe Jim gave it away with so many worship songs, or songs about worship and about praising God. But we come together Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday nights, and the goal of all of that, sure we have other goals, but the goal of all of that is to worship God. To praise Him. So, why do we worship? It's probably a question humanity's been asking itself since the beginning. Because the truth is, we're made to love and to worship God. We were made for it. People yearn for it. Humanity can't be without it. That Worship is a central part of what it is to be human. It's an instinctive desire to worship the one who created us, the one who created everything, the one who loved us so much, he came down and died for us and was raised again so we could have a relationship with him. Now we come together intentionally to worship God who is just as relevant today as He was yesterday and as relevant as He will be tomorrow. Our goal in life is to be obedient to Him, to praise Him, to worship Him. Now, our praise and worship, it's a tremendous thing because it's meaningful. That meaning stems from our actions because we are physically, emotionally, and spiritually invested in what we're doing. Not just here, but what we do on a daily basis as worship. It's meaningful to us. And honestly, it's meaningful to people that see us worship. Our worship is powerful because it produces a change. A change in us and a change in those around us. That there's something powerful about worshiping with someone else. Whether that's a small group coming together in a Bible study, worshiping Him. It's a powerful, powerful thing. Now, our worship is valuable because what we see as worthy of worship is going to guide our lives. If we see anything else other than God as worthy of our worship, that's a problem. Because that means whatever else that is, is guiding our life instead of God. Now because our worship is meaningful and powerful, and I've alluded to this already, there's only one that deserves that. God. God deserves that. God deserves that because of all of, all that He is. And all that he's done. But don't just take my word for it. There are others that have put this in different forms, in different ways. God deserves our worship for all the things that video said. For His grace, His mercy, His love, His faithfulness, His kindness, His sacrifice. His holiness, His righteousness, His glory, His greatness, and passion. That video could have gone on literally forever. With every adjective you can imagine. To describe God's glory. All that He's done. And why we should worship Him because of who He is. That we live in a world where it's, honestly, it's not easy to worship God. We live in a world full of brokenness and sin. We live in a world that tells us, do whatever you want to do. Be whoever you want to be. I hate to tell you, that's not good enough. That's not what we were designed for. We weren't created to make our own choices and say, I'm going to do this because it makes me feel good. Or it makes me feel successful. Because I promise you, you go down that path and you'll be chasing it your entire life. Because there will still be something missing. We were made to worship, to love, and to obey God. That is what fulfills us. That is what gives us meaning and purpose. It's what's going to help you realize who you really are. Who you really are in relation to God. Now, our acts of worship are less than the focus of our worship. Don't get me wrong, what we do here, singing songs, praying together, sharing the Lord's Supper, all of these things are very important. But sometimes we get caught up in what we do and lose track of why we do what we do. why I'm up here presenting a sermon or why Nathan or I or Ray or Jim or Van or Ryan or anyone else who teaches a Bible class. It's easy to get caught up in what we're saying. It's easy for us. It's easy for you. And sometimes we can get caught up in that to the point that it stops being worship. We've turned worship around and it just becomes about us. What am I getting out of this service? What am I getting out of this sermon? What am I getting out of this song? What am I getting out of this prayer? If they're not praying for me, is it worth praying? It's all things that we can make our worship into. Like I said, not that these things aren't important. And not that the things we do outside of this service are important, out of this time. That being connected with each other, building relationships, that's important. Serving others. You see that picture in the bottom left-hand corner, or right-hand for y'all. That helping others, serving others, is a big part of how we worship God how we live daily. But if our hearts aren't in the right place, if we aren't focused on praising God, then why are we here and what are we doing? Now Jesus has a conversation that He reveals a lot about what the nature of worship should be. That if you went to Sunday school, you've heard this story. But you may have missed the end. That in John chapter 4, Jesus is having a conversation with the Samaritan woman at the well. That He tells her about living water and what that is. And that He's the source of it. He amazes her with what He knows personally about her about her sin, about her faults. But he goes on to tell her something that honestly, in the story, we don't get the image that she understands. Not fully, anyway. That Jesus says, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do not know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and His worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Now, Jesus goes on to admit, to tell the woman who He is. That He is the Messiah. Now, the Samaritans and the Jews, well, the Jews didn't associate with the Samaritans at all. The Samaritans were forced to worship in other places. The thing is, Jesus is revealing to her that there's a time when her persecution is going to be over. When all the things that have come in between, all the laws men have made about worship, all the instructions men have made about how to praise God, those will pass away. And what we'll be left with is one people, God's people, who will worship Him in spirit and in truth, And in everything they do, in every act of worship, whether it's in a service like this, or whether it's in your homes, or in your daily walk, we're going to live in such a way that we worship God in all we do. Romans chapter 12 talks about being living sacrifices. Verses 1 and 2. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. The thing is... In a broken world that we live in, we find it difficult to live this way. To truly embrace what it is to be a living sacrifice. And the thing is, Satan tries to get in our way. The evil one separated himself from God. And he wants to take as many souls with him as possible. The world we live in, broken and sinful. This isn't the perfect environment for growing souls, for growing people that are going to worship God. But nevertheless, God came down to this broken place. Jesus Christ lived, He taught, He performed miracles, He was crucified, and He was raised, even in this broken place. He demonstrated for us what it is to be a living sacrifice. But the biggest thing standing in our way is ourselves. For me, it's me. For you, it's you. It's hard It's simple, but it's difficult to turn over our entire being to God. To say that you've given me a purpose. A purpose to worship you, to praise you. And that's enough for me. Because if we're honest with ourselves, we think we know better than He does. We think... We have everything figured out so much of the time. And even if we don't admit that to ourselves too often, our actions bear that out. What we do reflects if we're being a living sacrifice or not. That's what we're left with today. When we come here for three, four hours that's if you make it here for Sunday school, three, four hours a week that we come here just specifically to worship God. I challenge you, can you do that? Can you make the entirety of every service, whether it's in a Bible class, a Sunday school room, during the sermon, while we're singing, put your entire being into worshiping God. We're coming up on a new year. People will be making resolutions which they will or will not keep for very long. But this should be our daily resolution. To always be worshiping. Always be praising God. To give Him everything that we are because that's all we have to give Him. God created everything. All we have to give ourselves. We are the only sacrifice we can give. So will you take up your cross and follow Jesus? Will you follow His example? Will you be a living sacrifice? If you find this morning that you need a renewal, you need to recommit yourself to this. Don't leave here without talking to somebody. Don't leave here Thinking, I should have done this. If you need to be baptized, if you need to make that commitment for the first time, we're here for you this morning. That we gather here, in part, as an act of worship. To bring more people into God's kingdom. That as together we stand and sing, we praise God the Lord our God.